Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every day, the devil and the world attack the Christian faith. They mock us for believing in a book of myths from ancient times and from basing our lives off of those ancient myths. The world mocks us for putting our faith in a man who supposedly did miracles some 2,000 years ago. And it can be just as easy for those doubts to well up from inside of us. Why am I really here on this earth? What am I doing with my life? Could I possibly be doing something better with this time instead of trying to follow what the Bible says and spending an hour or two, or maybe more at my church every week. All of this teaching becomes pretty hard when I think about it. It doesn't make sense logically. Maybe it'd just be easier for me to put it behind and go off my own way. Sometimes the words of Jesus are hard to comprehend. Sometimes they're downright foolish. But that doesn't mean that his teaching is foolishness. Today, Jesus is going to teach us, in the words of God that we will hear today, Jesus is going to teach us why it is that we believe a hard teaching, and why it is that we follow him. And Jesus wants to teach us this in order to strengthen our faith. Now, in order to let Jesus teach us this truth, we go and we visit him and his disciples as they stand along the shores, the northern shores of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the previous day, Jesus had miraculously fed 5,000 people. Earlier on this day, Jesus had told those disciples and those standing around him that he was the bread of life. Bread come down from heaven, and if they ate his flesh and drank his blood, they would have life eternal. Now these words baffled the disciples, and many of them left, saying it was a hard teaching. But why did any of the disciples stay? Why do we stay? Listen to the words of the Gospel writer John as we hear the reaction to Jesus' discourse on the bread of life. Please stand as we read the words of the Gospel. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me 
unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You may be seated. Now this reading we just heard begins by saying, when the disciples heard this, they said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? And what was it that Jesus said that was so hard? Well, he had told them, these Jewish people, that even though their ancestors had walked in the wilderness and eaten manna that they had received from Moses, they all still died. A hard teaching for these people to hear. It didn't make sense to their logical ears. Following the ways of Moses was what these people were supposed to do. And then on top of that, Jesus tells them that instead, they should eat his flesh and drink his blood, and they would have eternal life. Imagine me standing up here now saying that to you. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. It sounds a little strange, doesn't it? A hard teaching. Why do we believe a hard teaching? A hard teaching so hard that many of Jesus' disciples left him that day. Again, going back to the history of these Jewish people, they so fervently followed the laws of Moses, the old laws that God had given to Moses to give to the people of Israel, the Jews, that any time they heard someone challenge those laws, it was very difficult for them to hear. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was challenging their old ways under the law of Moses. He was pointing out to them that the law was not the end game. There was no salvation in the law. Instead, the law pointed to the solution. The law pointed to Jesus as the solution. And as Jesus stood there in front of these people in their very presence, he was trying to teach them to see him as the solution. It's a hard teaching. So hard that many of Jesus' disciples left him. But Jesus acknowledged that it was a hard teaching. He acknowledged that it was so hard, in fact, that only God could draw people to believe it. That's why earlier, earlier on that very day when he had been talking to those people about how he was the bread of life come down from heaven, he said to them, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. He was acknowledging to those who grumbled against him about this hard teaching. 
that it was, in fact, a hard teaching. But he's also trying to show them the solution. The solution was this. The solution is that the words which Jesus spoke are the very tool that the Holy Spirit uses to convert hearts. To convert hearts even before the mind comes along in understanding. Listen to the words that Jesus said. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. You see what Jesus is saying? These words are the power. These words are what God uses to draw people to Jesus. These words are what God uses to show people the gospel. The very power is in those words. Spirit and life. That's why Jesus told people that he was the bread of life. That's why he told them that they needed to eat his flesh, drink his blood, and remain in him. God was drawing these people with the words to see that in these words was life and the power of the Spirit. And this is why Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And yet those other disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? And it was so hard that many left him. It's not completely off base to call the message of Jesus hard. In fact, the Bible calls it foolishness. In 1 Corinthians In the first chapter of the book, the Apostle Paul writes, But the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And here are some other foolish teachings of the Bible. A baby born of a virgin. A man who heals people from their sicknesses without any medicine and even raises people from the dead. And that same man died and and himself was raised back to life. Add to that the fact that that man's death and resurrection was supposed to mean anything else for any other people besides that one individual. No, logically, those statements don't make sense. I can see why 2 plus 2 equals 4, but when you try to do the math on those statements about Jesus... It just doesn't add up. You can't use the scientific method to recreate Jesus' resurrection and explain how it happened. And yet, Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And it's the same thing that we say 
when we confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried, and on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Why do we believe a hard teaching? God did it. Plain and simple. God brought us to believe this message through the power of the Holy Spirit working through the words of that gospel message. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed when others mock you for believing these words of the gospel. Instead, rejoice in it. Take comfort in it. It's great news, and God wants you to hear it, and he wants you to live in the embrace of those words. Why do we believe it? Because God has brought us to believe it. But now, having said all that, there is also a perfectly logical reason why we believe in these words of Jesus, why we believe this hard teaching. It's because these words of Jesus are meant to help us cheat death. Because these words of Jesus are about eternal life. There's a lot of important things in life, right? Family's important. Friends are important. Eating is important. Exercise is important. Even recreation is important. Work is important. But in the end, lives come to a close at some point. Death cuts them off. Jesus is trying to help us see that there is more than just our lives on this earth. He's talking about eternal life. Sure, he had just fed 5,000 people miraculously using a few small loaves and a few fish. He was concerned about the people's earthly needs, about their hunger. But now he was giving them something more. He was giving them the bread of life, of eternal life. He was addressing a deeper need. Now, people sense this need all on their own, even if they are unfamiliar with the words of Jesus and the teachings of the Bible. Science tells us how we should eat, what sort of diet we should have, what sort of exercise regimen we should have in order to get the longest possible life that we can. Science also gives us various creams and surgeries to make the body appear younger. And there's a whole host of man-made religions that try to take death head on. Live a good enough life, and eventually you'll come back in a better condition. And things will only keep getting better as long as you work toward that goal. Join this select group of people, and together, together we will make it to wherever it is that we want to go. 
Or maybe it, it turns inward and the focus is on ourselves to just concentrate on purity and bliss so much so that eventually we reach that nirvana and we live in that bliss forever where nothing else around us matters. Or there's the flip side of the coin. Maybe some see the world as all there is. So we better get as much as we can out of this life because it's going to be over fast. Let's build our monuments to ourselves so that the next generation will see what we've done and remember us. But without Jesus and his words of eternal life, those people are simply wandering lost. Without Jesus, we are lost. We are wandering off toward the wide gate of destruction. But with Jesus, that narrow gate that leads to eternal salvation, we have eternal life. It's the most important thing that we can hear, right? That someone is giving us eternal life. The escape from the troubles of this temporary life. The escape from the fear of death. Why do we believe a hard teaching? Because it is the teaching that gives eternal life. Does a drowning man believe in a life preserver? Of course he does. It is his rescue. Or think of the man or the woman who's on a waiting list to receive a kidney transplant. When they hear that they have received a kidney, that they are going to get that transplant, it's the greatest news they could possibly hear. And why? Because that kidney means life. The kidney is the most important thing because it means life. Imagine that you're sitting in the doctor's office And the doctor comes back, and out of nowhere, he tells you, you have cancer. And before you can even react to that statement, he says, it's all right, I've cured you. It sounds strange. How could this happen? But in that moment, what is the greatest thing? The greatest thing is the news that you are cured. That's a pretty absurd-sounding situation. I will admit that. But the absurdity of that scenario just hammers home the point of how desperate a situation we were in in our sins. And it, it highlights just how amazing and wonderful and powerful the grace of God is. It's a hard teaching, but we believe it because it means everything for our eternal life. That's what Jesus wanted to show these people on that day. There was shock factor in Jesus' words as well, right? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. There's a shock factor just like that scenario I offered, but you see the point of Jesus' words. You need to be in him 
to have life. And when you do have life, it's the greatest thing, the greatest thing that you could ever hear. And when you hear that news, which is so much more wonderful than anything else you've ever heard, it diminishes the pain and the suffering of everything else around us. Those real illnesses and cancers, those real hungers and needs and problems, all seem a whole lot smaller when you know that there's something greater coming your way. We believe a hard teaching because it is the good news of the gospel of Jesus who died on the cross for us. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Those are some of the most pure and sincere words of confession that you will ever hear. It really shows how childlike and sincere our faith is. When a child is in the embrace of his mother, that tight, loving embrace, it's not a logical matter, is it? It's emotional, even spiritual. You don't try to reason logically with a child who's dealing with the anxiety of separation. We are in the embrace of Jesus. That same tight, loving embrace like a mother or father. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's not something we should be ashamed of. Instead, it's something that we rejoice in. Don't let anyone trying to explain away the grace of God in a logical manner take you away from what God has brought you to. No, cling to it and rejoice in it. Amen.